today for the reading of our scripture, which comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, and it's on your pew Bibles, in, in your pew Bibles on page 1821. Hear the word of God. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. All right, so I've already been asked, was this about me, a pest? No, that's not what this is. Actually, the way I would say it is APEST, A-P-E-S-T. It's not a word, it's an acronym. It stands for Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, and Teacher. Because APEP doesn't sound good, as good as APEST. That's why we changed it from Pastor to Shepherd, which in a sense is the same thing. And that's the next thing that I want to talk about in regards to the gifts of the Spirit, but this time it's gifts from Jesus himself. In the passage prior to what we read, Paul is talking about Jesus and how he, ascend, he descended down from heaven, ascended back into heaven, and then he goes on to say, it is he who gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Five things, often known as the five-fold ministry. Now, where do we go from there? These gifts are a little bit different than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But just like I said with the Holy Spirit, I want to say a couple things about these before we get into it. First of all, it can't be pigeonholed or regimented into a silo. That's not the way God works. So if someone's a pastor, doesn't mean they can't teach, doesn't mean they can't evangelize, doesn't mean they might not be prophetic, okay? You can't pigeonhole someone into a title. People do it, but it's not a good idea, okay? And then the other thing is there's a lot of overlap, especially with these five. They overlap a lot. There are people who are apostles, who also prophesy, who also pastor or teach, and it goes across all of them. And they still may also have the gift of mercy or the gift of helps or any of those other gifts, okay? But these particular ones, especially the first two, can be very controversial. Um, many denominations won't even acknowledge the first two as far as something that it happens in our world today. There are seminaries that if you even speak of apostles or prophets, you'll be in trouble. I don't know if they still do that. I know many years ago when I was looking into it, they would, you would be in trouble for even mentioning it because they say it's done, it's done away with, They're, they are no more. So I leave that up to you to decide if, if you want to believe they're still around or done away with. I'm not going to teach it either way. I'm going to teach what each of them are for what they mean, and then I'll let you decide what to do with it. 
I know someone personally who I believe is very apostolic in that he has a calling of an apostle. You know him as well, Ian Thornton. What does an apostle do? Well, let's look at what the apostles did, the ones that we know about in the Bible. They traveled from place to place, and they brought the message to the people. They helped build up or establish churches. Sound like Ian? Sure does. Does that mean he's an apostle and that's the only thing he is? No. No, not at all. In fact, anybody can be all five. I think it's rare, but it, it can happen. But Jesus himself covered all five of these areas. That's why Paul says he gives them, because he was the one that fulfilled every aspect of all five of these. Jesus, he was very apostolic. He was prophetic. He was a prophet. More than just prophetic, he was a prophet. And I'll cover that in a minute. He was an evangelist. He was a pastor or shepherd, and he was a teacher. He was all five. And he gives these gifts to us. And quite often, if a church does believe in these gifts, they will commission people for these roles. The United Methodist Church commissions people to be pastors, or licenses, I guess is the word, or ordains. It depends on what level you go to in the United Methodist Church. Many churches, I don't know that there's any church that doesn't believe in pastors and teachers. Um, there may be one out there, but I don't know if I've ever heard of one that doesn't believe in pastors and teachers. The United Methodist Church will commission evangelists. Um, I don't know if any of you ever knew Henry Mooney, passed away a year or two ago. Um, he was very prominent in this area, a United Methodist Church pastor, but he was then commissioned as an evangelist. Very strong Christian, very strong Christian. Uh, but anyway, when it comes to apostles and prophets, some churches will do it, some won't. Now, apostles, as I said, they go around and build up churches, they establish churches, they um, bring the word to people, they kind of help people grow in their faith. Sounds like a pastor, doesn't it? In some regards, yes, but they are more, they're different in that they are not specifically assigned to a church, they kind of go everywhere, wherever they're needed, wherever God calls them to go, that's where they go, typically. A prophet. Now, when we say prophet, we always think about the Old Testament prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Malachi, Hosea, Jonah, and the rest that I can't remember right now. But they were a different kind of prophet. Their entire life was beholden to God. If they spoke wrong, they deserved to die. It was a different time. It was before the coming of Christ. They were to speak of the coming of Christ. In this day and age, after Christ died and rose again, he gave some to be prophets so that they could continue to bring the truth of God to encourage people to tell of what God will do. For there's something in the Bible, a verse in the Bible that says God does nothing unless he first tells his prophets. So I ask this question when someone says prophets are done away with, is God not doing anything anymore then? Because he said, 
I won't do anything unless I first tell my prophets so that they can warn people that this is coming. And God's been doing things since Christ died. So anyway, prophet, what's the difference between a prophet and someone who has the gift of prophecy? The gift of prophecy is a unique gift given by the Holy Spirit in which somebody can do these things that we often say that person is prophetic. But a prophet typically, not always, but typically is called from birth and they live their life whether they know it or not, in this prophetic mode, and then they grow more in this gift, and they can be commissioned by a church. There are people who are commissioned to be prophets in this world, but they're not rewriting the Bible. They're not giving new revelation for the Bible. They're simply saying what's going on, what is on God's mind, what he wants to say in this day and age. I know a couple people that are prophets, whether they realize it or not, I know they are. I'm not. So don't look at me like I'm a prophet. I'm not. I have the gift of prophecy, but I'm not a prophet by any means. So then there's evangelist. Now, this is the one where there are so many people who have the gift of evangelism, but are not evangelists. Okay? There is a difference. You can have the gift of evangelism and not be an evangelist. You can have the gift of prophecy and not be a prophet. But the evangelism means to bring the good news. There are people in this world that everybody they get around, they just want to share their faith. They just want to share what God has done for them. That's the gift of evangelism. But an evangelist is one who lives this life. That is like their job. That is their role. That is their calling. And their whole point in living is to go out and bring people to Christ. Billy Graham is a perfect example. That was his entire calling, his life, his entire life was to bring people to know the Lord. There are others, but he's a good example. Henry Mooney was another good example, if you know him. But you might have the gift of evangelism. Doesn't mean you're going to be on television or filling stadiums or standing on the street corner holding up a sign, Jesus is coming. In fact, don't do that. I don't know any true evangelists that really do that, stand on the street corner, because, well, we won't get into that. But it doesn't mean it's your job. It doesn't mean you have to be commissioned by a church. It just means that you have that gift. But you could be, and we'll talk about calling in a minute. And then pastors or shepherd. This is the one that we all know. I'm sure everybody knows at least one pastor. Right? <laughs> I'm sure you know many pastors, but it's very popular. But it's, uh, again, just like someone can have the gift of pastor, okay, but not be a pastor. Someone can be, so they just want so badly to help others. They want to share the good news. They want to show God's love. They have compassion for people, but they'll never stand in a pulpit or stand up front and, or maybe they will, but not as a job. So all of these, all five of them can be either a gift or a calling. So some of you may have the gift of pastor and not realize it. And then teacher. We know we got a lot of teachers in here, right? But how many teachers in here are commissioned by a church to be a biblical teacher? I don't, 
Is, are there any? I don't know. There may be. The United Methodist Church does not, I mean, well, yes, they do. They do. I, they, um, they do commission teachers, but a lot of times what they do is they consider pastor as a teacher as well, because pastors typically teach. But there is a gift of teaching that many people have. And again, they can become a teacher as their job, or they can be just be a really good teacher in whatever. It doesn't just have to be the Bible either. It could be anything. So again, the gifts and the office, if you will, kind of overlap a little bit. So let's talk about this thing called calling. I'm sure you've heard that term used before, right? So what's my calling? Well, I can give you an example from my own experience what it's like to know you have a calling, okay? I was sitting in a church in 1994, in the fall of 1994. A friend of mine, um, this young man, he was young at the time, he was a year or two older than me, he'd gone on a mission trip. And I don't remember where, Brazil I think it was. And he, was coming, he came back and he was telling his story in church. And I'm sitting in the back, I was a good Methodist, I was sitting in the back. <laughs> There's a couple up front. But anyway, <laughs> I was sitting in the back and all of a sudden in my head I hear, you can do that, not be a missionary, but be up front. I thought, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just, I just started coming to church a couple years ago. That's not me. Next week, pastor standing up front, and I hear, he's telling his testimony, how when he was a chemist, and he retired, and he wanted to become a pastor. And he became a pastor in United Methodist Church. And guess what I heard again? You can do that too. Like, where, where does this, what's going on here? Why do I have these thoughts? That's not me. It didn't stop. Every week. Now, there may have been weeks I, did, I just ignored it or didn't remember it, but constant. You should be a pastor. And finally, I gave in. I said, you know, okay, this guy's retired. When he retires, I mean, when I retire, I'll become a pastor. I mean, I was 24 at the time, okay? I got 40, 45 years before I have to worry about this, right? Oh, no. Not 45, just five. Five years later, I get a phone call. Talk about a calling. I got a phone call. We're looking for people to be pastors. And your name was mentioned. So see, a calling is not always individually. Sometimes people will tell you, I think you'd be a good pastor. I think you might be a prophet. I think you might be a teacher or an evangelist. It comes from other people as well. Because God works through all of us to teach us individually. So someone thought I would be a good pastor. I had not talked to this person and told him about the last five years how these thoughts kept coming to mind. Never talked to him at all about it. He just saw it in me. He recommended me, and that was in April of 1999. In July 1st, 1999, I was a pastor. Scared to death, didn't know what I was doing, fell on my face quite a bit, but I was still pastor. So it's been 23 years. But during that time, I stepped down a couple times. Well, you all know I stepped down from here at one point. God constantly pulling me back. I finally gave up and said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. That's a calling. When God is constantly, constantly, constantly on you for whatever it is, 
showing you that you have this gift, showing you that he is leading you, telling you that you can do it. You have a choice, though. You can choose to ignore God. I could have chosen. Some people say you can't ignore a calling. You, you can choose, but you become miserable. And there's some, in some regards, there's some truth to that. And it's an individual thing. It happens differently for everybody. But in those years when I had stepped down and said, I'm not doing this, it, I wasn't miserable, but God wasn't letting go and saying, I want you to do this, and brought me back every time. So I didn't give in anymore, and here I am. So if you yourself feel that calling for pastor, evangelist, even prophet, talk to me. Let me know. We'll talk through it. Reverend Hitchcock stood up here the day he was here to give the official commissioning for me to come back. He said that he thought there was somebody in the congregation that had a calling to be a pastor. Now, is that a calling or is it a gift? I don't know. But if you feel like you're the one, talk to me. Let me know. I'll walk you through it, what the process is. I'll tell you about all the joys and all the pitfalls too. And I'm still discovering both as days go on. But anyway, a calling is a higher thing than a gift. It comes, now, this is, this is very tricky how you say this because the Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. God is the Holy Spirit. They're all the same. One God. Three manifestations, one God. But to say the gifts come from the Holy Spirit or the gift comes from Jesus is just a slight delineation to tell you how strong or how where you're going to go with what God has given you. Now, there are people who have extremely strong gifts of pastor, but are not a pastor in a church anywhere. But you might think they are because of the way they act, the way they behave, the way they treat people. You might think they are. So how do you know? Really, it comes down to taking it before the Lord, praying and asking for discernment, and having him say, this is what I want you to do. And you'll know. Trust me, you'll know. You can't deny it. But then again, you still have a choice. See, God never forces anybody to do anything. He never forces anyone to come to him, to his son. Never forces anyone to go to church. Never forces anyone to accept their calling. Never forces anyone to use their gift. No, never. But, just like in every aspect of life, there are consequences for the wrong choices. Consequence for the wrong choice of not accepting what God is calling you to do is you just are going to miss out on such a wonderful, exciting life. Don't miss out. If you feel him calling you for any gift, maybe you think you took the test and you say, what is the gift of mercy? I don't understand. Well, let me know. I'll tell you. I'll help you. I'll walk you through it. We'll pray about it. We'll, get, we'll seek God's discernment together. Because that's what pastors do. And every aspect of these, all five of these, they have specific things that they just do, and that's how you kind of tell them apart. And like a teacher will do whatever they can to teach the truth. 
and to, to make sure things are taught correctly. I, don't, I know I can talk to many of the teachers in here, and they will be able to say it a lot better than I can. You just want to do what is right. And as a pastor, I want to help people. It's been my lifelong goal to help people to know Jesus better and to understand what God is calling them to do. Sound like an evangelist? Sure, I said, they overlap. There was one time I thought I was called to be an evangelist, but God redirected me and said, no, I want you to be a pastor or shepherd. So don't neglect your calling. If, now, not everybody is one of these five. Like I said, I know a person who is a pastor, who believes they are a pastor, but is not a pastor of a church. And they live their life as a pastor. That's the gift. Well, maybe the calling too. You don't have to be in a church to be a pastor. But what I'm saying is don't neglect whatever gift God has given you, whatever joy he has given you in your life. Because when you work in it and you don't work against it, you're going to be a lot happier. If you've ever been in a swimming pool, and my dad used to do this. <laughs> I now know why. He would have us create a, a whirlpool. You know, it was fun. You know, you'd go around in a circle. Round, we had a round pool. So we'd go around in a circle, and after a while, you tried to go back the other way, go against the current that we formed a current. It was hard to move against the current. Well, I now know that he wanted to do it because it put all the dirt in the center. It was easier for him to clean. I know because that's what I do with my pool now. But anyway, what it taught me is when you're trying to go against the current, there's a force that you can't stop. You, if you're strong enough and you push hard, and if it's not, not a lot of people in there, yeah, you can go the other way and eventually take the current, go in the other direction, but it's more, it's a lot simpler. You can kind of let go and you float. Have you ever floated down a river? You float with the flow of the current. When you try to go against it, it's difficult. It's the same thing with God. When you let go and you let God take you in your gift, whatever it is, he's going to take you like you're floating on a river and it's relaxing. It's comforting. It's fun. But the minute you turn around and say, nope, not doing this. Whew, okay, maybe I will do this. It's a lot easier to go this way. Don't fight against God, whatever your calling is. And we all have one. He has given each of us as 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, to each, meaning all of us, one of these gifts is given. And some people have more than one. Again, the parable of the talents. Some, one had one, one had three, one had five. Whatever you have, work with God to use it to make a difference in not only in your life, but in the lives of others. Now, I know I've said over and over and over again that it is for the common good, and it is. It is not to build you up and so you can put on that red cape and say, I can fly. Super pastor. No, that's not for me. That's not for anybody. It's, but helping to build all of you up for the common good helps me because the joy God has given me is to help people. So, don't fight it, whatever it is. Not everybody's a pastor. Not everybody's an evangelist. 
I often say this, not everybody's an evangelist because there's some churches, oh, we got to go out, we got to share our faith, we got to go out and share our faith. Yes, sure, the Bible says that. But the Bible doesn't call everybody to be an evangelist. It doesn't mean you have to verbally walk up to someone and say, do you know Jesus Christ? You don't have to do that. Whatever you're comfortable with, live your life, and that is showing your faith. If you live your life in Christ, because people will watch what you do. That can be how you share your faith. So whatever it is, embrace it, see it through, and help, let God help you flow down that river and don't try to turn against it. It's a wonderful experience to fall into the hands of a mighty God and have him lead your life. And it can happen for each and every one of us. So I know there's probably some saying, I don't know, it just, just doesn't sound right. And I've, You don't know what I've done. No, I don't. And I don't care what you've done. You don't know what I've done. Trust me. <laughs> you wouldn't think I was a pastor if you knew what I had done in my life. Oh, you wouldn't think I was a pastor at all. The Apostle Paul, he killed people. He killed people. And God still called him and used him. I haven't killed anyone. Killed many flies, but, <laughs> and spiders. But, you know, everybody in the Bible, they did something wrong. Lies, adultery, stealing, and God still used them. He can use anyone, and he wants to use you. Great and small, in his eyes, it's all the same. We put the great and small on it, not God. Not God. He sees it all as the same thing. I'm using someone who's letting me use them. So please, take it to God. Find out what your calling is if you don't know or if it's changing, or if you have an interest in something else, see if God will give it to you. He will do that. The Apostle Paul told us that we should all seek to prophesy. That's not fortune-telling. The very first thing about prophecy is encouraging people. It's hearing, God, tell that person they have a nice smile. Tell that person to have a nice day. That's prophecy, folks. It's that simple. It's that simple. From there it can grow if you let God grow it in you. When you're hearing from God and you speak it out loud, that's prophecy. Doesn't mean you're a prophet, but that's prophecy coming through. It could turn into something more. So if you have questions, if you want to know more, please reach out to me. I would be glad to help you. All right? So that, in a sense, is going to conclude our Gifts of the Spirit series. I'll have something new for you next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the gifts that you've given to us, whether by your Son or through your Spirit, directly from you, things that we've talked about, things we haven't talked about, or whatever it is. We know you love us individually and have called each of us to something specific. If we haven't figured it out, help us find it. If we know what it is, help us grow in it. If we've grown in it, help us to go higher. Help us each and every day of our lives to know you more, to trust you more, and to grow in you more so that we can build our relationship with you. 
We ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.